0: All right, well, good morning again. I'm so glad to be able to have this time to be able to dive into God's word together. And we've just come off a couple week series that we were in on what is the church. And I encourage you to go back and check out those messages online. And next week, we'll dive into a series on Advent as we get into this Christmas season. But today, we're diving into God's word with a standalone message. And I'm excited to come and bring that to you today. And I wanna start our morning with a few Dates, all right? So just kind of almost maybe quiz like, but I'm going to throw these up on the screen and see if they ring a bell in front of you. The first one, May 6th, 1954. May 6th, 1954. Does that ring a bell to anyone? Is that anyone's birthday? That'd be cool. No? No? All right. Let me see my runners. Who is a runner? Let me see your show. Of Raise those hands high. If you enjoy running as an activity, as a sport. All right, some of you. Great. Well, this date is when Roger Bannister broke, for the first time, the four-minute All those runners, let me see. Who's the four-minute person out there? No. Some of you I know are, are fast runners, uh, but that was an amazing feat that Roger, Roger Bannister achieved on that date back in 1954. Well, let's jump forward 15 years and look at July 20th, 1969. July 20th. 1969. Does that, anybody know that one? I I think I heard it. Man on the moon. That is the day we landed set foot for the first time on the moon. So there you go. July 20th, 1969. All right, let's jump all the way to this year. February 7th of this year. Iconic big moment. Anybody? February 7th. All right, let me see those sports fans. Any sports fans in general? Specifically basketball fans. Let me see my basketball fans. Few of you. All right, this was the day LeBron James broke... The record for the most points scored in a regular in the regular season with thirty eight thousand three hundred and eighty eight points, surpassing Kareem Abdul Jabbar, who you see in the picture there. And on that night, when this record was broken, this game stopped for ten minutes, as that was a long time in the NBA, as they honored this moment, this historic moment where LeBron James surpassed this record that had stood for many, many years. So whether it's these historic moments or other world record types, our kids love watching these world records being chased after or broken on, on YouTube these days, and you just sit there in awe and wonder. And whether it's these moments or some other iconic moment in your life, maybe it's somewhere that you've visited, like a, a Niagara Falls or a Grand Canyon or the top of a, a mountain peak somewhere where you've just found yourself just stopping and going Wow. Being in complete wonder and awe. Well, today, as we look at God's word, we are going to be talking about truly being in awe of God. See, because I think in our lives, we can often find ourselves, I know I can, being in awe of a whole variety of things, whether it is these great achievements, whether it is world records being broken, whether it is just something amazing in nature in the world around us, we find ourselves going, wow, or being in awe. But as we get into this Christmas season, as we think about Jesus Christ coming to the earth as what we call this Advent season, the welp- welcoming of Jesus, often what happens from now until Christmas is we are in a rush. We, we've got the hustle and the bustle and the shopping and the this and the that and the next party and the next thing and the next, we're going and we're going and we're going and we're going. And we're, we're in this season where we're supposed to be just welcoming the joyous, amazing gift of Jesus Christ but man we're we're focused on a lot of other things. And so today I want us to just take this time and truly go back to a simple piece of what we're given in God's word of being In awe of God. I want to invite you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 145. Psalm chapter 145, whether you're using your Bible or your device, you're going to see these verses on the screen as well, but we're going to look at Psalm 145. And really, from this psalm all the way to the end of the book of Psalms, these six chapters are all about praising God, praising God, praising God, and being in awe of Him. Over these six chapters, this word praise is used 46 times times in just these just over 90 verses. It's praise upon praise upon praise. This psalm in particular is what's called an acrostic, and it follows the Hebrew alphabet, where each verse is a letter from the, the Hebrew alphabet, and it goes down through. Now, you might be sitting here like, how long is this Hebrew alphabet? How long are we going to be here? Now, so we're going to walk through Psalm 145, but it's 21 verses. And I want to break it down for us into three different sections. So we're not going to unpack each and every verse and, and look at what all the nuances of each one. But what I want us to do is walk down through this passage in these three different sections and truly be in all of the greatness of God and look at some practical ways to apply this as we enter this Christmas season. So I want to pick up and start this first section. And this is just the way I've broken it down. I'm sure other books and commentaries will break it down different ways. But we're going to look at the first nine verses together that say this. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. These verses have so much in them. And I have, if you're taking notes today, this first section, I'm just gonna simply say or call contemplating the greatness of God. Contemplating the greatness of God. This, these words that are used throughout these verses, this first verse, I will extol you, my God and King. Bless your name. Every day I will bless you. It just repeats over and over this posture of David truly contemplating and just being washed over again and again, the greatness of God. And I love how in verse two, he uses this phrase every day, every day. I'm going to ask for a show of hands. How many of you would call yourself pretty routine people? You, you raise your hands high. You've got a pretty good daily routine. All right. Many of you, many of you, how many are like Routines are silly. I don't. I don't do routines. Any of you don't be shy. It's, it's okay. The the routine people are like, Who, who's over there, huh? Uh, the routine people, the regimented people are like, either you own your day or your day owns you, right? You know, you're like, you gotta have routines. Oh, no. However you look at this, most of us have some routines a regular general time where you might get up in the morning. If you, you got a, a job, you, you got a, your routine of maybe when you eat breakfast or brush your teeth or get you know a shower, get ready to go for your day. If you got kids, you're like, I gotta get them on the bus at this time or to school at this time, and then I head to the office. And most of you, again, if you have a job, your boss probably wants you there at a particular time. You can't just be like, "Ah, I'll show up whenever I want to." Some of you may have that flexibility, but most jobs have a regular schedule that you work on. So you go through your day and then you come at the end of the day and maybe have a routine that kind of finishes out the rest of your evening. And when we do it again and again each day. And I mentioned we're getting into this season where we got all sorts of things going on. You're like, yeah, that's my Monday through Friday schedule. And then we come to each Saturday, and man, our Friday night, I've got this party over here and this thing over there, and then we got to get shopping. We've got this done and get that done, and you're running all over the place, and that's what this season may bring right now. And we have to ask ourselves this question as we read these words. Every day, I will bless you. What does it look like in our daily routines to pause and Bless our God and King. Maybe some of you are like, oh, that's easy. It's part of the routine. When I get up in the morning, man, I make that cup of coffee and I go right to spending time and reading my Bible or prayer or whatever. Or maybe you're a person who's like, man, at the end of my day, it's just a great way to kind of cap off all that's going on in my day is to spend time with God. Or maybe you're someone who goes, man, every lunch, you know, I take that time instead of, you know, just being with coworkers or other people. I take time to be with God and I bless his name. Maybe that is part of your routine, but many people, as you go about, and myself included, we get into just different times where things are fast-paced, things are going, and you don't have it carved out as much. Or you just, you may be like, ah, I got a little bit of time today, and that's what I can, you know, give, and then I'm going to move on with life. And today, as we walk down through this and continue to look at it, David repeatedly says, this is every part of my life. I'll bless God with each moment all throughout my day. Yes, there's moments of pausing and directly and committing, this time I'm with God and God alone. But even as you work, as you drive, as you have conversations in your family, as you have conversation with coworkers, we give all praise and glory to God in each and every one of these moments. And I love how these verses just continue to to go on, how the greatness of God, and he's greatly to be praised. Verse 3, we get to his greatness is unsearchable. Job uses this same word in Job chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. It says, As for me, I would seek God, and to God would I commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. He gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields. I'm gonna stop there, but that chapter continues to go on about some of the great things that God does. But Job also talks about the hard things, right? What did Job's life consist of? As you read the book of Job, hardship and struggle and loss and pain. But Job, in all of those circumstances, the book of Job tells us he did not sin. He wasn't mad at God. He was real with God. He was honest with God, but God answered back to him saying, who are you, Job? And Job was coming to this realization, as he often did throughout the message of Job, that he goes, God's ways are unsearchable. He's so marve- marvelous and beyond my comprehension. That no matter what is going on in our lives, lives, we can recognize the greatness of God. And as Isaiah tells us, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are beyond our understanding God's ways are good and perfect and in the moments when we can wonder and go how good is God really we can recount the greatness of all that he is look at verse four one generation shall commend your works to another and declare your mighty acts one generation to another. This is these conversation as parents with kids and grandkids to talk about the greatness of all that God has done. To talk about how in tough moments, God brings moments of joy and deliverance. To talk about when, God, when you've been in a bad spot and how God guided or God directed or God per- brought it your family's way to do things differently. This was the purpose of the Passover in the Old Testament was for the Jewish people to remember God's deliverance, bringing them out of Egypt. They would take this time every year, year after year, to remember from generation to generation God's deliverance, God's goodness. That is how we works. And we go back to one generation after generation on the glorious, verse five, the glorious splendor of your majesty, on, on your wondrous works, I will meditate. I don't know about you, but it can be pretty easy to get caught in dwelling on negative things. And it, there's a, a book that I, I love. It's called Soundtracks. And we can play these soundtracks in our minds of, oh, this, this terrible thing that happened. Or I don't know how I'm going to get out of this tough situation. Or every, nothing seems to be going my way. And even in those moments, find ourselves being like, God, God don't, you, don't you care? And it's in those moments where we can pause and go, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. No, God is blessing over and over again. And I don't know about you, but it can often take many of those positive things to cancel out one negative thought, one negative emotion, one negative circumstance that we found ourselves in. So we have to build up this repertoire, this this report of how many things that God continues to bless, God continues to guide, God continues to deliver. He's with us in every single moment, even the hard ones. God is. Is there. His presence is with us in each and every moment. So that as we get to the end of verse 7, it says, I shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Today we opened with this song, The Goodness of God, and these words: All my life, you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. And with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Even in the tough moments, God is faithful, God guides us, and God carries us through. And we get to verses eight and nine where it says, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He's good to all. God is gracious, God is merciful. Even when we want to and often go our own way, Psalm 14 and Romans tell us that as well, that left to our own, we all want to go our own way. And we often might think we know what's best as we view the world around us, even when God calls us to things that may seem hard or may seem difficult. Because you know who said these words, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger? Guess who quoted those verses? Moses, but also Jonah. If you know the story of Jonah, God calls Jonah to go to Nineveh, which was a wicked city completely against God. And he's like, no, no way, God, not doing that. And he goes and runs the other way. And he's swallowed by a great fish and then is spit out on the shore. And then he gets into this conversation with God in Jonah chapter four. That's a fascinating conversation where it's God and Jonah. And Jonah says to God, God, I knew you were slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And Jonah thought he knew a better way. Jonah thought there's no way these people are going to receive the message of God. There's no way they're going to believe. He thought he knew better. And as you get to the end of the book of Jonah, God confronts this moment and says, Jonah, of course I cared. There was 120,000 people who didn't know their right hand from their left hand. They needed a message of hope and truth. And I was asking you to deliver this message and now many will follow because of this message because I care about what's going on in the world and in people's lives. So we wanna make sure we follow what God's plans are and not think that we know better, but truly focus on how God is rich in mercy and full of love no matter what circumstances come In our lives. So that's what we see contemplating the greatness of God in this first section. Now let's look at the second section here, verses 10 through 13. Say this All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. So secondly, and as we look at this section, we see celebrating God's work. In these verses here, Looking back at verse 10, it says, all your works shall give thanks to you and all your saints shall bless you. I want to point out just a couple things that we see here in these verses as we look at celebrating God's work. And the first is that it says, all your works give thanks to you. I love that we get to experience the amazing work of God in the world around us. And as we live in upstate New York, there's so many different beautiful pieces to see. One is I love looking up at the night sky. I've, I've had this fascination over these last couple of years of just looking up at the night sky. And this summer, we were walking back as a family uh, from a concert at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center. And looking up, there's just so, so many stars. And I say, hey, guys, to, to my family, look, look at all these amazing stars. And as we all look up, a shooting star goes across the sky. And it's one of those moments, like I started talking about at the beginning, where we're just like, wow, the amazing beauty of nature, of this sky, in the expanse of it, and the the crazy reality that God has a name for each and every one of these stars that are innumerable across the sky. Other pieces of nature around here. How many of you are hikers? Let me see the people that love just getting out and hiking. Any 46ers who have completed all the 46ers? right, a few of you. How many of you are like, what's a 46er? Let me see those hands. Don't be shy. All right, there are 46 high peaks in the Adirondacks that are over 4,000 feet in elevation. And so if you hike all 46 of those, you are known as what's known as a 46er. So it's kind of a cool achievement. That's no small thing. Uh, these hikes to go 4,000 feet in elevation uh, is no small thing when you get to the top of some of these peaks, the views are just spectacular. And I wanna show you a few on the screen here today. These are from a handful of years ago. See, we get the beauty of living right here. I took these pictures five or six years ago where a group of guys and I, I lived in Western New York. We drove six hours to get out here to be able to hike up to the high peaks. We we did a few peaks over these few days. And you get these amazing views that I just shot these on my, my cell phone that day but these amazing views that are just breathtaking as you look out and see the amazing nature of all that God, that just the beauty of all of God's creation as you're scanning out over these amazing mountains. But maybe, maybe mountains aren't for you. Maybe the sky's not for you. What does it look like for you to be in awe of God continually? and the work that he's done in your life. When we talk about from sharing from generation to generation, we talk about the things that we reflect on as the greatness of God. What are the works that you could go back to and be like, I saw God there. I saw God there. Even the tough moments. You look back on maybe some painful moments hard moments and you go but i know god was right there and i know god worked in this way and you just continually go back to and in a maybe odd way at times celebrate the work of god in the midst of hard times and in the midst of great times he is continually working and how these verse 13 ends there the lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works that we celebrate all that God continues to do. Then let's pick up this third section in verses 14 through 20 and read it as we look at this third piece of looking at the greatness of God. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you And you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him. But all the wicked, he will destroy. We've seen the greatness of God and celebrating his works. And this third piece is remembering what God has done. There's a lot packed into these verses here. And you see different things like how he upholds those who are failing. He raises those who are bowed down. He provides food and season. He satisfies the desires of every living thing. But I want to go back to and linger on verses 17 and 18 for just a moment. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. I say I want to linger here for a moment and look at these words because here's the reality I think many of us face is that we can go through life and start to forget the greatness of God or we are in tough moments and you're like, I've, I've done this. I've been crying out to God in so many ways and I'm, I'm crying out to him in truth and I'm waiting. and I'm waiting on an answer. I'm waiting on God to come through. I don't want to highlight what it says here in verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him. But sometimes the biggest answer and the greatest answer to our prayers is God's nearness. That he is present with us in each and every moment, showing his faithfulness and his goodness no matter what circumstances we are going through. It says to all those who call on him in truth. It's this recognition that you're sitting with a great God. I love how Puritan pastor and writer Jeremiah Burroughs says this, Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit, which freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. That God is a loving father who cares for each and every one of us. And he sees what we're going through. And when we think about him as that good and wise and loving father, how he's with us in every single moment, there is an amazing beauty to that. And then he gets to verse 19 and it says, he fulfills the desires of those who Fear him and he hears their cry and he saves them. But this isn't, isn't just a here and now saving. We get to verse 20, it says, The Lord preserves all those who love him. There's this transition almost that David is making here of God's preservation both for now and for all of eternity for those who call on the name of the Lord, who declare a following of, as in the Old Testament times, a Yahweh God and for us and following Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But what does the end of verse 20 say? But all the wicked he will destroy. Like, whoa, (laughs) where'd that come from? David, we've just spent this whole chapter talking about the greatness of God and pouring out and how amazing it is, praise him, praise him for this, and how good he is, how he guides us through, how he provides in every single way, and we're just in awe of his amazingness. And it says, but the wicked he will destroy. There's a couple pieces to this that I think David puts it here for a couple reasons. One is as a reminder that as we focus on, as David focuses on all the greatness of God, He's also a God of justice. And as we think about all of eternity and how the future of all the years and generations to come and eternity with God forever, there's a reality that God is a God of love, but he also calls us to respond And when it says here that the Lord preserves all those who love him, there's an eternity with God for all those who have received the message of Jesus Christ, who have received the message of the gospel, that God has provided us a way through Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that God has provided that for us. But for those who have rejected God, for those who have gone their own way, this is a warning that there is a final judgment for those who have said, I don't really need God, I can kind of figure things out on my own that David in, in a way, is giving this warning that all who are wicked, who go against what god 's god 's way is will be destroyed and the question with that is, have you chosen to follow Jesus with your life, the one and only true God, have you made that decision in your life, and if you have David ends with this amazing just kind of exhortation and celebration as we end this chapter. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and that all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. This amazing declaration that David is saying, I will speak the praise of the Lord. All flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. Now, you again may be sitting here this morning, and you're like, this all sounds cool and great, but is it real? How how do I walk through and praise God when circumstances aren't awesome? Well, this is what I love about David, that these chapters focus on praise. But if you flip back just a few chapters in Psalm 140 through 43, you see David being real and raw, just like Job where, are these, where's the, where are, these are words of, God, deliver me. God, help me. God, preserve me. God, I'm going through a tough time. And then he kind of turns this corner as we come to chapter 144 and then get to 145, where he's going, even in the midst of no matter what's going on, no matter what circumstances come our way, All praise be to God. And as we end, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. You go right to 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. That no matter what our life looks like, we can be in awe of God and give him all praise. So as we close today, I want to give three pieces of application just really quickly that I think we can take from this chapter and really apply to our lives all throughout our days ahead. And the first one is be in awe of God in the little things. Be in awe of God in the little things, in our daily lives. Last week we sang this song, Great Are You, Lord. And there's the words in that song that say, It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. You can literally every day, every moment of every day, as you take a breath, go, wow, that's a gift from God. And so I'll pour out my praise to you alone. As you look at the world around us in so many different ways, God shows himself in the beauty of nature, in circumstances, in people around you, in conversations. God's fingerprints are on so many parts of our lives, and we just have to keep our eyes open. I love how as we talk through this in the Sermon on the Mount, how God provides for, and the lilies of the the field that talks about, so all the flowers that are growing, the things in nature, he provides for animals and the food that they need in their seasons. It talked about that in this passage today, that God provides in so many ways. Just watch and the world around us and see God in all the little things, in all the little ways around us. Secondly, talk about the blessings in many ways. Talk about blessings in many ways. This could be conversations that you have. This could be text messages that you send. This could be an email that you send. We wanna repeatedly go, wow, isn't God amazing in how he did this, how he worked there, how he blessed this way. This is going back to those words, generation to generation. We're talking to our kids. We're talking to grandkids. We're talking to people in our neighborhoods about God's work and God's blessings, how he provides in every way in so many ways ways. I love how Matthew Henry says this regarding this passage. He says, we ought to reckon it the most needful of our daily employments, that's giving praise to God, and the most delightful of our daily comforts. God is every day blessing us, doing well for us. There is therefore reason that we should be every day blessing him, speaking well of him over and over in so many different ways, we can praise God for his blessings. And thirdly, go through the alphabet and give ways to praise God. I mentioned Psalm 145 is an acrostic, these Hebrew letters that walk through this. And I, I'll be honest, I'm not fluent in Hebrew anymore. I used to know, study it in seminary, but I don't know my Hebrew, but I know my English alphabet. and I'm sure many of you do as well. And we can go through and use words. And I want to just give you an example up on the screen here of what this looks like. I'm in awe of you. I will bless your name. I'm consumed with your greatness. I declare your magnificence. And to use this word from Psalm 145, I extol you so many words to just walk through the alphabet and give praise upon praise upon praise for how god is working in our lives and how we can be in awe of him well i keep mentioned multiple times throughout our time here together today christmas is coming upon us we're in this beginning of what you call advent season welcoming this time of welcoming christ at christmas Does anybody know how many days it is until Christmas? 29. All right, 29 days. If you don't know, you're going to see it everywhere. Kids are going to be telling you, and we all look forward to Christmas morning. Am I right? Whether you have kids or just in general, many people we're looking forward to Christmas morning, this day of celebration. You love watching the Hallmark movies where the kid comes running down the stairs, and it's just like, oh, the amazing Christmas morning gifts and all that is wrapped into this moment of awe and wow. It's Christmas. But what does it look like? tomorrow morning do we wake up in awe of God every single day we can and this passage today talks about this every day in every way i will be in awe of God and give praise to him in just a few moments we're going to close with a song and I don't know, you guys may or may not know this, but I'm gonna tell you, Joshua puts so much time and effort into planning out and looking at the songs that we're gonna sing and looking down far in advance and picking out songs as they relate to the sermons for that day. And so as we were looking at this message for today, he asked me what direction I was going and, and we talked about this whole topic of awe and we, we picked a song. And then this week I said, Joshua, how do you feel about a song change? <laughs> Because there was this amazing, this doesn't happen to me often, but there was an amazing morning. I woke up with these words from this song on my mind, on my heart, truly, that are, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and worship his holy name. And I'm just getting out of bed, and the sun's not even up yet, but this, the verse of this song, the first verse says, the sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. 10,000 reasons that we can bless his name. Let me pray for us and then we'll sing together. God, we thank you that you are such an amazing God who loves us in every moment of our lives and that we can declare the greatness of who you are. God, help us to be continually in awe. God, we confess that often we can get distracted. long to have our awe just restored in a holy way that we could just say we want to bless your holy name and without end be in awe of who you are. We praise you for your greatness in the name of Jesus.